This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George Allman is in an airport. airport. He's in an airport somewhere um, on his way home. Uh, We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. Uh, uh, No. (laughs) It rained off and on most of the morning. Most of the morning. Uh, some pretty good showers too. I thought it, I thought the rain was over, but I was wrong. Um, yeah, but, so were the forecasters, but you know, I did notice um, the vernal pools over by Miramar are starting to fill up again. Starting okay. to, or they're full? Yeah. They're pretty much full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, yeah. yeah. We're not done. No, no. There, there's going to be a what is it Monday? The next one's gonna, well, or no gonna Sunday start, is going to start tomorrow. Yeah, sometime in the afternoon and. It might end sometime towards the end of the week. Well, hopefully there, hopefully the clouds that we have now will blow out before 6.43 this evening. What's happening at 6.43 this There's evening? another rocket launch. Ah, good. Did you see the space station go over last night? No. The no. clouds broke. I was, so I did get to see it last night. No, I was playing poker in our garage. So I, I missed <laughs> you just it. Stepped where, were you, where were you needed to be? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're expecting tomorrow afternoon through Tuesday another... Two to three inches of rain along the coast. Yeah. Up to five or six inches in the mountains. That's a lot of much water. Much more up north. That's a lot of water. It's a lot of water. Yeah. And they're talking about rain continuing, heavy rain off and on through Wednesday, and then lighter rain on th- maybe Thursday and Friday. Mm, good. Another so, lost week. So, <laughs> uh, so be uh, prepared. Yeah. And, you know, so if you. If you miss the first storm, putting some fertilizer down. Yep. Well, I don't miss, know. I don't know. At two to three inches? Two to, well, that's, yeah, you gotta be that's careful. a lot. Well, it depends on how fast it comes down. Yes. So, But if you miss the first storm and you miss the second storm, <laughs> you got a third one possibly coming up. Although at my in my yard, there were specific areas where I should not have put down fertilizer, where it washed away. But there's lots of areas where that didn't happen. You mean like your driveway? Well, right alongside <laughs> there, yes. I, I moved a big railroad tie into position on Wednesday for the relatively non-event, relative non-event of, of Thursday's rain. I mean, it wasn't that bad for the south half of the county so that I can redirect a little bit more. But those trees, I'm not going to feed because they're forecasting more rain this Monday than they did for the Monday that we got. You sure that railroad tie is not going to end up in the middle of Highway 94? <laughs> yes, yes. There's plenty of trees to to stop it. Well, that's good. I, I hope. Yeah, well, it'll end well, up in the neighbor's pool again. Well, 
we'll, we'll find out. Um, it was nice at the it was nice at the house this morning when I left. It was partly cloudy, yes. a few clouds, but it was um, forty nine. So I had, it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. It was forty six degrees at my house. I had a porch light. I did have illumination from the moon, and I was able to discern the difference between the two. I hope George is listening in the airport <laughs> so that he knows that this time you I, did recognize. I, under, the I understand, moon. Yeah. Um, but it was it was beautiful out, and then it got more cloudy. As I got closer to the coast, but it was—I didn't notice that it was but. clear out in the eastern stretches. Did you have? Oh, we're not talking to you yet. <laughs> um, so, but it got there was more low clouds right here in La Jolla as we approached the the radio station. Well, there usually is closer to the coast. So, uh, let's see. We have garden classes today. Oh, you're on because George isn't here to back you up on that. Yeah. It, what's the date today? Is it the third? Yes. yes. It, okay. Because yeah. I, I was sitting here looking at this. I was like, God, I thought I did that last week. Uh, yeah. Uh, February 3rd. Uh, San Diego today uh, is at 9 o'clock. It's going to be Fruit Tree Question and Answer with Tyler Trimble. Tyler puts on a fantastic class, always popular. If you would like to go to that class, make sure you get there early uh, so you can not only get a parking space, but you can uh, get a good seat for that class. That's at 9 o'clock in San Diego. At 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Designing with California Natives uh, with Sharon from Butterfly Effect Gardening. Um, and, and we've had – we have a really good selection of natives in in Poway. She's been working with George and the buyers to get in the things she wants to recommend and to talk about. So there's going to be a good selection relative to what she's talking about in addition just to a good selection mm-hmm. yep so that should be a good class today and also if you're interested in natives and you're not there for the class uh, you can always grab chris or shirley um, in the poway store they're both extremely knowledgeable when it when it comes to native plants and there are there are a lot to choose from as you as you know i have <laughs> taken a little more of an interest in native plants now that we actually have some that look like something before it was kind of yeah. slim pickings and not not anything to get excited about. But there is stuff to get excited about out there now. Uh, next weekend, uh, February 10th, uh, in San Diego at 9 o'clock, it's going to be Spring Bulbs with Kathleen. We'll touch on bulbs in a little bit here. Um, and in Poway, it's going to be um, How Orchids Rebloom, and it's also going to be a book signing with local author and former employee Chuck McClung. Chuck also puts on an outstanding class. Um, so there again, get there. You don't have to get there quite as early in Poway because we do have plenty of parking. Um, but it never hurts to get there and get a good seat, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for the class. I got in trouble for saying that on the air once. I for hope what? you don't. For saying that we have a bigger parking lot in Poway. Well, we do. Well, it's I substantially know. bigger. I know. I know. Uh, and good. it is the first Saturday of the month, is it not? Today is. Yes. yes. So we will have Ronan sharpening today. Yes. In Poway? Yes. I think today, is it today and tomorrow? And or? tomorrow's the and first t- Sunday of the month, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you need stuff sharpened, uh, Ronan Sharpening will be in the Poway store. From 10 until 2, 10 I to think. 2, I think it is, yeah. He's right out front. You can't miss him. And then don't forget, February 14th is coming up. That's going to be Valentine's Day. Is it uh, this year? For those of you that celebrate. <laughs> I think it usually is. On the 14th? Okay. On the 14th. Uh, let's see. What do we have going on in Balboa Park? This weekend, oh, yep, yeah, the Camellia Society show and sale is today and tomorrow from, what says, 8 to 10 p.m. I have, 
I kind of doubt that closing time. Um, but that's what's printed on their schedule. And then next weekend, yeah, uh, next weekend it's um, Cactus and Succulent Society Spring Show and Sale. That is uh, the 9th, 10th, and the 11th. And then the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, the I've talked about this before. The San Diego Mycological Society is having their annual fungus fair, and that is pretty a, cool. That is an outstanding show. I mean, if you have not been to one, uh, make a note. If you haven't been to one and you wanted, you want a good excuse to go to Balboa Park. Not that you need a good excuse to go to Balboa Park, but the uh, the annual fungus fair from the Mycological Society is absolutely fascinating. Uh, the variety, the variety of stuff that they bring in, uh, a lot of the members will go out and forage locally to find different fungi to bring in. Uh, some people grow some of the stuff themselves. They're, they have culinary mushrooms there. Um, it's just amazing. It's, it's an absolutely amazing show, and uh, I was blown away when I went to go see it because I had, I had no clue that there was I, so much diversity. Right. I didn't don't either but mushrooms especially raw mushrooms even good raw mushrooms uh, don't work doesn't work for me is that kind of like that genetic thing with coriander too i don't think it's genetic i think it's more mental which probably makes more sense to you well you did have that bad experience when you grew the mushrooms and almost killed yourself from your allergy oh my gosh the (laughs) spores from that i finally i put it in the the old kids' playroom in a big brownie tin, the biggest one. I, it won't fit. Mm-hmm. It's too big for my oven. But mm-hmm. um, I finally took it out and put it outside. The mushrooms are perfectly um, preserved. They look like they're totally usable. Well, they are. You just have to use, <laughs> use them. them. <laughs> Even after this period of time? Oh, well, you Oh, you never used them? I never used them. Oh, I watched well, it work. I, I watched them make a mess. And I took them out and put them in the rain, so I'm guessing I'm going to get more fungus out of the backside of that. Thing. Maybe, yeah, I. Well, but they're I still they still look edible. They well they pro- I, I doubt they've gotten poisonous sitting there, but I how edible that'll they are. That'll be yeah. my that'll be my excuse. They're probably turned into those are from probably mountain, turned into leather mountain mushroom farm ma- yeah, mountain mountain meadow I think. mountain meadow. mountain meadow mushroom farm. that was really neat and I I should it was have, incredible yeah. and the, the ones that we grew were absolutely outstanding as far as flavor is concerned they were they were really really good see i would have had to have harvested and prepared but i'll slit the back side of the bag and see what happens. you you will get more i'm sure because we did yeah we got a second crop off the back of it almost more than we could eat it it was amazing uh if you and if you're interested in growing your own mushrooms you can check it out at um mountain meadow mushroom just look for do a google search for mountain meadow mushroom farm there up in north part of escondido and uh, they have an incredible operation up there, and uh, they have growing kits that you can buy. And that was what um, were they? I think it was oyster mushrooms was what we grew. Ginormous oyster mushrooms. So I guess if you leave them on long enough, but it they pop up so quickly, very quickly. It's amazing how fast they grow. Um, if you do grow them in the house, make sure you put them somewhere where you don't mind spore, spore dust. Spore dust getting everywhere um, because I we have we have a glass dining room table in our dining room and. Melanie had put the 
put it on a cookie sheet in the dining room and I walked in and I'm like, well, why is the table white? And it was, uh, it was, spore, it was spores from the That motion. works on a wooden table as well. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a fun, it was, it was a fun, uh, fun experiment. I know Blake really enjoyed it too. He was, he was the, he was our, Catalyst. he was our mycological technician. Well, there uh, are more and more benefits that you keep reading about and hearing about with mushrooms, but I just, I don't know what it is. It, it, I have an aversion to them unless they're cooked. Cooked mushrooms, I'm I'm totally down with. No, they're good. They are they're very good. You know, there's a at the uh, Ferry Building in San Francisco. The entire building is dedicated to uh, culinary things, and it's a bunch of little storefronts and and things like and some restaurants and things like that. And there there's a mushroom store. In the, at least there was the last time I wonder I was what kind there. of mushrooms they sell in San Francisco. Oh, man, they they had all kinds of stuff up there. Uh, but the one and I, I can never remember which one is the most expensive, whether it's white truffle or or black truffle. But whatever the expensive one was, it was there. It was insane. Well, yeah, it's funny when you said fairy. When we were talking about the dust being all over the tables, I was thinking maybe that's where pixie dust came from, was from magic mushrooms and Disney creation and creators, and the spore dust got out there, and that became pixie dust. And then you said fairy, which was F-E-R-R-Y, but I heard the other... All right, all right, all right. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. George has a day off. If you would like to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, interesting little – the February newsletter is out. If you did not get it in your email, uh, it is available online at WalterAnderson.com. As a matter of fact, all of our all of our newsletters are available online back to 2003 if you would like to check them out. Um but there was an interesting article in here this week. I didn't even know Melanie was going to put this in, but about lettuce. Um, do you know where the lettuce capital of the world was in the 1920s and 1930s? No, I did not. And I probably proofed that, but where was it? Kent, Washington. Hmm. And then it said... Um, I know where the winter lettuce capital of the world is because I've driven through it on my way to Prescott. I, I have as well over in Yuma. Uh, but it said... Um, Kent's salad days were over when um, Boeing Space Center replaced the lettuce fields to provide space for the construction of the Apollo Lunar Rover. Kind of tells you how big of a space Boeing needed for that I, project. Well, I would sit, I'm thinking about that. I mean, if that was the lettuce capital of the world and the Lunar Rover project took it over, we must not have been growing very much lettuce back then. Yeah, it's just green water. 
Yeah. And then there was another. There was one thing in the article that I, just, I thought was kind of crazy myself. Uh, it says Christopher Columbus brought lettuce seeds to North America on his second journey to the continent. He never set foot in North America. He only set foot on the islands, as far as I know, in the in the Caribbean. I don't believe he ever set foot on the actual North American continent. I guess you should have proofed that newsletter story. Well, I didn't write it, so it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So any. Anyway, <laughs> I was amazed when I learned that the lettuce areas r- rotated. They migrated with the weather. I never considered that, but they start in Yuma in the winter, and then as it starts getting too hot in the desert, the lettuce production moves coastally. It moves westward, and then when it gets warm in the south half of the state, westward in California, it moves north. Well, where does it move westward from Yuma? Because it certainly doesn't move here. Somewhere else in California. <laughs> and then it goes up the coast. I don't know. Oh, well, okay. I, got, I, I could see that, I guess. So, anyway. Well, we are very, we are very, for, we are very fortunate. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. We are very fortunate today. We have a guest in studio with us. Uh, Kevin Grangetto from Grangetto's Farm and Grove Supply. Farm and Garden. Farm and Garden Supply yeah. here in San Diego. Uh, you have stores in Encinitas, Olivenhain. Yeah, Encinitas, Fallbrook, and Escondido. And Escondido. Okay. Oh, did you? We, we closed Valley Center. There's no water up there. Oh, so, the, the, yeah. okay. So, it was so, Valley Center. Okay, the, yeah. the Olivenhain store is the is, one. Is, is the Encinitas. Encinitas. Yeah. Okay, because uh-huh. it's right on the border of Rancho Santa Fe. Exactly. Um, yeah. uh, you're, you were right next. I, well, they used to call it the La Bajada Dip. But we still are there. Is it still yeah, there? We're still, but we, okay. but we don't flood out all the time. I was going to say. We used to, <laughs> we used to have a problem with the transportation when before they built the bridge. Yeah, so I, I, I remember fording uh, the – is that the San Diego River that comes through Yeah, there? and that's the same yeah. place. Yeah, we, it was kind of bad for business for a while. You yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't get in the store. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 re, I remember that as a kid because my, my dad's uncle owned a sod farm right around the corner from there on La Orea. Yeah, uh, James, James Anderson. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So that's where for, – for years, that's where we got all of our sod from. Wow, uh, and then he used to grow all the dichondra for the um, fairgrounds wow. during fair season. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, was, wow, it's a long history. There's a lot in, in Rancho Santa Fe. Our, our landlord is Mr. Badger, and they've been around there for generations. That name sounds very familiar. Yeah, the so, Badger Building in, in downtown Rancho Santa Fe. But Chuck Badger, okay. and then his father, and okay. now Chuck Junior is our landlord. Oh, so three generations of Badgers. Yeah, it, it's interesting. My my dad's uncle, he lived out. He lived on Mount Soledad, and that's where his that's where his original sod farm was. Wow. And then something happened, and I think the city took, I think the city took a bunch of his land from eminent domain, and so he said, "Well, I'm never going to subject myself to this again. So I'm going to buy property out in the middle of nowhere." And so he ended up buying that property and ended up right in the middle of the Rancho Santa Fe Covenant. Wow! <laughs> so I think they had good investment. I think they had seven acres out there. Wow! And uh, grew, they grew, they grew dichondra, bluegrass, Bermuda, and a small amount of Korean grass. But he could grow dichondra like that was like so- nobody's business. Because yeah, I re- I remember it was just it was stunning standing in the standing in the middle of like two acres of just absolutely perfect dichondra with no with no brown spots in it uh, no not a single weed in it it was 
it was beautiful. It was it was really really neat. Yeah, we used to have some at our home years ago. We our yeah. first ranch was in uh, where Costco is in San Marcos. That was our first okay. ranch. We had thirty five acres, but our our home lawn was dicondra, mm-hmm. which I don't think you see much of that anymore. Nobody no. nobody no. grows no. it for sod anymore. We can still get it as gra- in ground cover flats, right. but nobody. I think Southland sod grow Southland sod farms was the last one to actually grow it in sod form, and they quit. What, six or seven years ago, something like that, they stopped growing it. But it, uh, it, it's an in, it's a, it's it's probably my favorite ground cover, my favorite lawn. My grandfather had it in his backyard yeah. uh, when I was growing up as a kid. Um, and way back in the day, uh, Scotts had a had a product called um, Bonus Bonus and Super Bonus, and they were specifically for dichondra, yeah. and it was a it was a weed and feed. Wow, and the the herbicide that was in it was Monuron? was Monuron. Monuron. Yeah. and yeah. Um, I remember my dad telling me we had a we had a Japanese gardener who was a customer of ours. The only thing he did was maintain dichondra lawns. That that's all he did. It wow. was all that's his it. clients had dichondra lawns, and all he did was buy bonus and super bonus, mm-hmm. and that was it. And because it worked, it worked perfectly because dichondra is a it's a broadleaf weed. It's broadleaf grass right. or, or broadleaf lawn. Um, you can't use broadleaf weed killers on it, but Monuron would Monuron work, and it, w- it was selective enough, yeah. but it wouldn't it wouldn't affect the dichondra. And then um, they banned Monuron, and that was the end of that, and that yeah. was the beginning of the that was the, the beginning of the end of, the dichondra, end of yeah. uh, dichondra right. as a as a, a ground cover. useful ground cover, yeah. unfortunately. So, um, so tell yeah. us about Grand Jettos. Oh gosh, we've been around since 1952. Um, my dad started it, and uh, so we're carrying on the tradition 72 years later. Um, so you guys have, have even more history than we do, <laughs> but um, it's uh, we've everything it takes to grow a plant. Uh, we carry whether it's irrigation, fertilizers, uh, pesticides. Organic is a big thing now, mm-hmm. so we work with the local farm community as well. So we farm 55 acres of avocados and 15 acres of lemons up in. Escondido. Mm-hmm. So I made the trek down here today, and I'm excited to be here. And, and thank you for your, well, our partnership with you is amazing because we send people to you guys all the time because you have great plants and great knowledge, and that's the same thing that we pride ourselves on too. Well, we'll we definitely we definitely refer people up to you as well. Uh, you were originally more um, farm and grove driven, correct? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and then we kind of changed to farm and garden about probably 10, 15 years ago with our name, mm-hmm. just because as the groves disappeared. Um, the people with the backyard homes and landscapes decided to make use of our services. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to let that people know. And then we had a website and all those different things. We even have a fax machine now. We're moving <laughs> up in the world. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we're excited to, to be part of this. And, and we actually will share your newsletter in our newsletter each month as well because there's a lot of information there. And I didn't realize your archives go all the way back to 2003. Yeah, that goes back to when we were still printing it and – hand labeling it for the post office uh, what a nightmare that was I, I was when we went digital it was going digital gave us so much more flexibility and also a, a distribution rate that's that far surpasses what we ever could have done uh yeah. with with mail i last time i last time i looked at the database i think we were somewhere around forty five thousand 
uh, people on our email database. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it's it's worked out very well. Now, you said you have 15 acres of lemons? Uh-huh. Yeah, we, and we just took out five acres of those and put avocados in because the lemon market is terrible. That's I, interesting because yeah. when they used to mail it out, um, I would read the uh, the – San Diego County Crop Report, right? And it, you, I think they usually run like a, it's like a, it's at least a, I think it's two year lag time, um, so the you you don't have the most current information you can get is usually about two one and a half to two years old, um, but at one time, as far as citrus crops are concerned, lemons were the highest dollar per ton. Uh, that's not, not that the case anymore. anymore. Not no, that we've, got, anymore. we've got lemons on the trees right now that we're just hoping and praying that we can harvest them because there's just no market for them. And uh, unfortunately, the, the east of us here in Yuma and that area, the the desert valleys, that's where the, a lot of the lemons are growing. So oh. it's really a, for us to even have lemons available now, It's we try to find our, our timing is the critical thing. To, mm-hmm. uh, and these are the Eureka lemons. Oh, um, so the big, yeah, yeah big yeah, so, commercial So that's lemon. the challenge. Yeah. So we actually... Avocados are challenging too because of our uh, competitors to the south, and yeah. the fact that that can be a, a challenge too. You know, I heard a, a, an old saying. Yes. In my pueblo, when I was growing up, that when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Have you tried that for your lemons or no? No. no. Some of our customers want to make limoncello because no. <laughs> they're a little bit more of that. But you know, it's really challenging because there is we could we can grow the best crops here, but again, if the if the market doesn't bear it. Um, we literally last year were waiting and waiting and waiting, and almost some of the branches were breaking. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a challenging situation to be in if you're a farmer. And you tie that into the whole issue with the Asian citrus psyllid yeah. and the one long bing. And so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, farming is challenging, but it's a blessing at the same mm-hmm. time. And to have uh, the acreage we do and able to farm, uh, we consider it a privilege. Yeah. You know, is there, as you wait for the market to per- hopefully change and for the better for you, is there a chance that these storms will damage the lemon crop in Arizona or not? Not, not, not really. Not really, no. The, uh, the biggest thing you deal with is brown rot from the spores splashing up on the lower portions mm-hmm. of the branches. But we put down, we spray a copper fungicide around the base of the trees, mm-hmm. so that keeps the brown rot to a minimum. But really not to – unless there's a freeze. That's the only time we made money in citrus was when there was a freeze <laughs> in Florida or northern or central California. But uh, that's the way it is with farming, right? Yeah. You know, my, with, go ahead. With the limoncello, have you dis, – you know, specialty spirits are a huge market. Yeah, distilling's getting big in, yeah. in have San Diego County. looked at that in not, any serious fashion? Not directly, no. Because, see, we're, as a grower, we pretty much are re- relying on the packing house – and that would be something driven by them if they if they're creative enough to do that, but uh, normally they aren't. You're going to have to so reach you, out to Cutwater. I, somebody's <laughs> going to have to do it. Yeah, I've got plenty of limits next week. I'll bring okay. if Case George doesn't get back. <laughs> uh, you know, I, when I met my wife, she was uh, working for the San Diego Daily Transcript, and the publisher of the Transcript uh, is a gentleman named uh, Bob Loomis, and his family had a big citrus ranch in palma valley and they grew and they grew navel oranges and i remember talking to him one time about it and he said they grow the most absolutely perfect navel oranges that they can grow and he said they didn't sell any of them domestically they exported everything to japan because the market in japan was so huge huge. definitely and there's a there's even something even now that we have a lot of lynch growers in palma valley still Mm -hmm. 
and the Palma Peel is what it's all about. They have a, the way that the soil is there and the water and the quality. This peel is very unique, and so that's their marketing thing. Is they when they go through Sunkist or other packing houses, the Palma Peel. Interesting. The, yeah. yeah. Interesting. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady. George has the day off, and we have our special guest, Kevin Grangetto from Grangetto uh, Farm, and Farm and Garden Supply. There we go. Uh, Kevin, we're going to get back to you in just a second here, uh, but I, we mentioned in the first segment um, bulbs, and the spring bulbs are here. Uh, a pretty good selection of them, too. I saw we have a really nice selection of dahlias. Uh, gladiolas are in stock. Uh, there were some of the liatris, ca- li- liatris, <laughs> which I will get back to in just oh, a second. Okay, uh, gladiolas um, and the um, stargazer and oh, the, the lilies, stargate and Mona Lisa, and Casablancas, stargazer and Casablanca lilies, uh, which are absolutely beautiful, huge flowers, easy to grow. Um, but the one thing about lilies is that if if you're growing them in the house. Uh, they are they are very toxic to um, cats and dogs. So if you have, so don't grow you, your lilies. If, in if the you house. Ha- if you have if you have pets that like to chew on plants, the, I, that's not one that I would recommend having having in the house. Um, but they're they're really easy to grow, and the the like the stargazers and the stargazers and the Casablancas, those things will get six or seven inches across. What brought that up? The toxic to cats and dogs is I. I, I, I see it pop up frequently in um, pet forums. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's and it's it, it tends to be cats more than anything else. Um, right. Because they tend to they're the yeah. they're usually indoors Chewers, yeah. and they're they can be the ones that like to like to chew on stuff. Uh, we also we if you didn't get potatoes, we have more potatoes. <laughs> Don't you say it like that. You take that back. We, we've got, Who brought all those potatoes in? We've got a lot of potatoes. Uh, just as we were running out of potatoes, now we have more potatoes. So what, what, if, what potatoes did you get in? Like Yukon Golds and things like that? What did we get in? So there was like some we fingerlings. Some reds and, and we had some purples and we had some fingerlings and we have some, I think we have a little assortment box. Yeah. But we bring in a few boxed seed potatoes okay. yeah. for the people who missed the fall yeah. planting and through winter i know there's still a few left of the, of those but and we, we always have people that want them now right and our big selection has passed through yeah but we still have a decent selection yeah no there's, there's a good selection of 
if if you like potatoes, we 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 can we have we're, we we got you covered. Uh, we also got a lot of <laughs> we also got a lot of garlic back in too. So there's a nice selection. It's the of same garlic. same thing because a lot of people don't think about it right. in the fall when we first get them in, and so they come in with their spring planting, which we do in the winter, and want to know where they are, and so we have to get a few in to to take care of them. And we still have a few of the uh, onion starts available too. And these are these are not onion sets; these are the onion starts. You know, we were talking about leeks last week, mm-hmm. and I was reading about something i guess it's because i talk about it that these things pop up on my my phone and tell me that leeks have a compound in them that are very very good for you and they're very good for gut health and so i'm gonna have to buy a a (laughs) chunk of leeks and i oh you know what i talked about how the stupid gophers had not found my onion set last week they found them they found them no that's too bad um and I, I got home, I, I set a bunch of gopher hawks in my onion patch, mm-hmm. and two of them were popped up. Neither of them had a gopher in it. So, How's that I'm happen? still, I don't know. They're I'm smarter. Bitter. Yeah, the gophers are smarter than I. That's clear. Well, that that's a given. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, the liatris, which is kind of an, it's, a, it's an interesting plant, has kind of a long, narrow spike leaf spike, leaf yeah. to it but it also has a a, a tall uh spike about about the side about the diameter of a quarter uh, and beautiful little fringy flowers on it but you know what the what the interesting thing about liatris i'm is? i'm on I the edge wait. of my yeah. seat it's the only as far as i know it is the only plant that puts up a flower spike where the flowers open from the top down hmm. that's interesting yeah, that is. Most flower spikes go up, and the flowers open from the bottom and work their way up to the top. Liatris starts at the top and works its way down. I did not know that. Why, why do you think is that? I have no idea. You think it's the auxins and the different plant hormones in there that maybe trigger that? Yeah, I. It's maybe maybe it, it maybe down in Australia it got, does it the other way around. Maybe one of the collars. Maybe one of the collars can educate us <laughs> yeah. and answer that question. <laughs> So, but anyway, well, see, now you have to go plant some liatris and find out. No, I don't. I'm going to plant, well, or or you could just do what you usually do. You could go and take some liatris home and leave them out in the outside <laughs> next to the and not potatoes. and not plant them. Yeah, put them next to your potatoes. I do have a good crop of bulbs at home, wait, ready to be planted, including some glads that were left over from last year. I was going to say it's probably several years worth of bulbs <laughs> that are left over out there. So. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. If I can figure out where the cursor is on the screen, oh. we are going to go talk to Bob. Hold on, Bob. Oh, no, I took care of Bob. Oh, you Sorry. took Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Brendan. I, I hadn't even Since noticed. Since he missed the drum roll before the Liatris <laughs> expose, uh, he made up for it here. Uh, so is yeah. – in, in your business, is it is it similar to well our our busiest season usually starts depending on the weather either late February or March same then, for us and then runs yeah. through about June and then then it tapers starts, down starts to yeah. taper off yeah the big time for us is that March April time period especially avocados that's when our our growers start to fertilize avocados usually mm-hmm. in probably the latter part of February beginning of March before they start to bloom mm-hmm. and then we hit them again in June and then again in September but yeah, avocados are still king for us. Um, citrus at the same time. You mentioned gophers. I was at a trade show on Wednesday in Phoenix, and the biggest 
conversation was gopher control and I happened mm-hmm. to have the gopher hawk vendors there. And I, we sell it less like you guys do. It's very popular, but it's tricky in setting it and, mm-hmm. and making sure you get it in the, in the burrow correctly the proper and, burrow. and not, and not pushing it down too hard because you can damage the, uh, the mechanism there. So it's, it's very successful for some people. I have had a hard time getting them to, to be successful in my yard. And it depends, I think, on your soil texture as well. But gophers yeah. are going to be a huge problem again this year. And I was going to ask you guys, these people always come in, Is have you guys had success with any of the gopher repellent plant material that's supposed to be out there? Oh, gopher purge? purge? Yeah. Um, it's, I, well, it might, but it, it might work, but it's a weed, and it spreads like a weed, and, and it seeds, yeah. and it'll come up everywhere. And you so, have to use it as a barrier. That's what, yeah. So you have to like have a, a hedgerow around wherever it is that you're trying to keep the gophers yeah, out. I do it. And then we were right. talking about these different repellents and, and other things, too. Castor, and again, cast, castor, castor oil. Castor and there's oil actually a liquid one. version of that. Now you can run through your irrigation system, and we're trying to evaluate that because hmm. people are always looking for alternatives, especially with the regulations now with difasinone mm-hmm. being more restricted and, and yeah. Strict nine has always been that way, but yeah, it's always a challenge. Boy, I tell you, if you could build a better gopher trap or just like a better mouse trap, you, somebody you would beat you a would, path to your door. That, that wouldn't let you stop. They well, as as far as I'm concerned, from the experience, I've been fortunate. I I live in Scripps Ranch, and there's too much rock in the soil to for gophers to really take hold. I'll bring you some, um, but uh, <laughs> um, don't relocate them. From, endangered species. From my experience, the 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 one trap that works consistently uh, all the time is the Maccabee traps. Yeah, that's true. And we, we use those too. We actually have another version called a gophonator for uh, smaller gophers, and it does really well too. It's a little trickier to set, but it's another spring trap. Oh, is that the – It's a metal one. And it's a kind of a – I would say a kind of a silverish color. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and you kind of wind it up. I've been having trouble yeah. setting that without destroying my hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a technique too. We have a couple of guys at the farm that they are, they are gopher specialists. And well, we can trap them from with the best of them. But it, it was about a year ago. I was writing off the gopher hawk. I was swearing it off that I wasn't going to use it anymore. But then I got successful with it for a little while. But now I'm unsuccessful again. So George is pretty happy with it. Yes, he is. He's, yeah. he, and he's, he even had a hawk he, take one away. You know, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it worked. I read, heard yeah. about that that day. Yeah, yeah, that works out worked out really well. You know, and so one of the things with the. Um, with the repellents that you have to be careful of when we, we caution people with it. it. Rabbits have not been a big issue, at least down in Scripps Ranch, for mm-hmm. over a year now. And we used to have we used to have them in our yard all the time in the evenings. They would come in and feed on the on the grass and, and hang around. Um, but their population is just has been decimated. I I think there was a there was a virus that was going around that, oh, really? was, that was killing the wild rabbits a while back. Not in my hood. Oh, you, you still want me to bring you some rabbits? I, I got rabbits. Um, I got rabbits too. But um, <laughs> the coyotes help to take care of them on our farm. Yeah. You know, people people come in and they they want something to keep the rabbits out of the yard. And liquid fence work works pretty well. But we we have to caution people. Well, you know, if, before you put down liquid fence as a barrier, you need to make sure that you get all of the rabbits out of your yard, or you just pen them in <laughs> exactly because they're them they're in. not going to leave. It, it, the same thing that keeps them out is going to keep them from leaving. So it's some of those some of those can be a little tricky. Definitely. Um, yeah. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number.
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and special guest Kevin Grangetto from Grangetto's farm and garden supply here in san diego and you said you have your locations again are yeah escondido is our main office and okay encinitas and fallbrook and yeah, today okay. i can make a little pitch today we have uh, some master gardeners coming into the encinitas store at 10 o'clock and they're going to talk about uh different pest control oh um, so that's a relationship we just started with the master gardeners they're going to visit our stores on a monthly basis and just impart that knowledge to the uh, customers. Well, Excellent. What go. time are they going to be there? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Okay. Yep. okay. And that's an in, in today. Okay. Yep. Oh, very good. Now, very earlier, good. Kevin, you said that you closed your Valley Center store because no water. Right. Um, is Valley Center drying up? All the wells and the farming up there? Well, or? The, I should say the water costs are getting prohibitive. They're, they're charging $2,400 an acre foot for water. And like an avocado crop would take uh, four to five acre feet per acre of trees a year. So it's just cost prohibitive. And so they're, they're selling much less water than they used to, which impacts a lot of things. In addition, it causes the other consumers to have to absorb those costs. So the farmers just at some point, you just can't do it anymore. I thought they had lots of good groundwater up there. No? Not very good quality, no. no. Uh, and especially for avocados, they need very good quality water. Citrus can get by. And so that's why the citrus growers are still in Palma Valley all that the well water down there is fine, and they they have adequate supplies. But again, it's all dependent on Mother Nature getting us the rain we need. We used to buy plants from a gentleman who had a nursery up in Valley Center, and he had told me because he had his nursery was on old orange groves, mm-hmm. and he still had a lot of oranges there. And I asked him why he wasn't selling them because I used to go up there with my mom and get buckets of them but he said i think it was five acres or 10 acres there was a certain minimum of acreage that you really had to to have to make it to make make, it worthwhile do you know what that it's hard to tell anymore um you know there used to be a point where you could make some money if you went through a farmer's markets and so forth but that just takes a lot of effort as well to get your product from the ranch to the farmer's market and you've got you have competition there too so there's not really a specific acreage. It's almost like a varietal. If you can grow a specific variety that nobody else can or you have a win- marketing window, that's the, that's the game. Uh, but it is – I wish I could tell you it's five or ten acres. But, again, it just comes back to economics. And so keep those citrus fruits coming. I mean, are you guys in the zone where you can't sell citrus? No. The, we're no? still We're on we're the ragged okay. edge of it, but okay. we are out of it. So yeah. for the time being. It's definitely impacting Evergreen Nursery. I know up in oh, yeah. North yes. Broadway, they're out by the meadow farm that you mentioned, Mountain Meadow Mushroom, and yeah. that's impacted them dramatically. Yeah. And that's impacted us dramatically because yeah. they were a good su- supplier. Yeah. They, I do currently have a pumelo that's a tree that is ripening, and the flavors of that are just wonderful with or without vodka. But yeah. both ways it works <laughs> do you really, really, really well. Do you have an Oro Blanco? you have an Oro Blanco in your home? I do not. I, there's one at my parents house but yeah. i do not have the oro blanco 
I brought, have, you, I brought you one today, oh, some fruit you. today, yes, <laughs> thank you. last year's crop. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to go out to uh, Rancho San Diego. Oh, your neck of the woods. My neck of the uh, woods. Where Raymond is waiting. Good morning, Raymond. How are you? Great. How about yourself? We're doing well. What can we do for you? Uh, I had an ice, ice plant on my bank, and it's the little red ones. They get the little red uh, flowers. Mm-hmm. Red apple. Red it's bloomed. Yeah, red apple. That's it. And it bloomed all the other years, and I've always, you know, I even fertilize it to help it bloom. But this year, it didn't bloom at all. And I've also, I've noticed a lot, I haven't seen any blooming along the freeways. You know how they sometimes plant it and you see it? I was mm-hmm. wondering, have you got any information? Is it blooming? Has it bloomed anywhere else, or is it just mine that's not blooming? Well, if it's alive, you're way ahead of the game with red apple. <laughs> yeah, uh, we stopped selling it a few years ago after the the fungus came in and started wiping it out. And it wiped out most of the red apple in the county. And it was treatable, oh, okay. but it, it was ongoing. It wasn't curable. So you would have to constantly spray. Um, and so I can't think of a reason why it wouldn't be blooming other than maybe give it some food. But if it's alive, you're way ahead of the game with red apple. Yeah, no, it's, it's alive, it's green, it's just, because I fertilize it, that's how I used to get a beautiful bloom. I would um, get up on the hill and roll down buckets of uh, of Miracle uh, Super Bloom on it. Mm-hmm. And I did that twice this year, but it, it just hasn't bloomed. So, uh, well, I'll just be glad that it's still alive. And when does that traditionally, doesn't it usually bloom somewhere in like uh, October and then somewhere in January or February well, or if it indeed is red apple I thought that bloomed almost it's almost year around, around. Yeah. yeah with almost the new all growth the time, yeah as you yeah, said earlier it was just that downy mildew and came in and just devastated the yeah wiped it out um yeah, yeah well, I, um, it's still growing so i guess there's still hope yeah keep no, keep keep doing what you're doing keep feeding it on a regular basis and maybe when the weather warms up you may get some you may get some color on it okay all right thanks a lot all right bye okay thanks a lot raymond have a great weekend you too take care um yeah i had completely forgot about red apple when he called and you said red apple yeah. i thought oh yeah it's dying because of the downy mildew but yeah. that wasn't his issue. no he's got he's got healthy it. red apple and that wasn't just red apple either oh, there was, well, it started it started, it started with, with that apple. right yeah. but, but it, it went it, to almost all of the ice plants it yeah. went to rosea it went to purple productus the whole family got destroyed yeah but it started on on red apple that's good that it's coming back not the fungus <laughs> no it's red apple it's yeah. bloomless red yeah. apple yeah no I, I haven't i can't remember the last time i saw the downy mildew come into the store well, and we on, don't stock the red apple we used to sell it yeah that was our number one number seller one, there for exactly. a long time we sold tons and tons of, it was so easy to grow and i know we were getting it for special orders for people but not stocking it in the store and i don't even i can't remember the last time somebody asked for Red I apple. wonder if anybody even grows it anymore. I don't know. Uh, what was his name? The guy who Raymond? was called yeah. Raymond. Well, he grows, it. grows it. Yeah, I don't think he's nursery. selling it, though. No. Yeah, <laughs> so. so, anyway. Um, classes, once again, in San Diego. It's going to be um, fruit, tree, fruit, tree, fruit Tree Question, question and Answer with uh, Tyler Trimble. That's at 9 o'clock. At 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Designing with California Natives with Sharon from Butterfly Effect Gardens. Uh, next weekend, 
spring bulbs with Kathleen in San Diego at 9 o'clock at 9.30. It's going to be How Orchids Rebloom and book signing with uh, local author Chuck McClung. Um, all of those should be very good. And Ronan Sharpening at Walter Ronan. Anderson Nursery at Poway. From ten to two today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. They did, and they did a great master- job. They did a great job on our knives. My wife brought our our, our knives in. Mm-hmm. Our, I mean, our cooking knives and that guy. I was thinking just sharpening your tools, but the knives have never been better. So thank Excellent. you for that tip. Yeah, it's yeah. when 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 it's done right, it yeah. makes it it makes a huge difference. Oh, definitely, and you have some fruit trees left still because I got some for our, our store and our edible landscape around the store. Mm-hmm. Your fruit trees are amazing. We, well, thank I, you. We, we got do. some of the foreign ones that George referred me to. Remember we a do few have a weeks very ago, good selection. and that, that four, I think there's like four varieties on one mm-hmm. tree. Yeah, yeah. the multigraphs. Yeah. There's about another month left of the bare root fruit tree planting season. The roses are plentiful. Yeah. And you have a function at 10 o'clock this yeah, morning. Yeah, 10 o'clock at our Encinitas location. Uh, it's 944-5777 for those of you who are going to call in. But it's uh, our Encinitas location. We have a master gardener there talking about uh, pest management and a very knowledgeable person coming How about in. gophers? Oh, Is yeah. that one of the pests? <laughs> we yeah, they could be managing those as well. I think she's going to be talking specifically insect pests. But the other thing is, um, I just want to remind everybody with your fruit trees, and I was thinking about you guys, perfect time again for that maybe second or third spray of your uh, of your fungicides to right. prevent your peach leaf curl because I did mine already, but I'm going to have mm-hmm. to do it again after this rain period. Do you know what he told me yesterday? No. That commercially you can still get lime sulfur in California, yeah. but you have to have a license to yeah. buy it and sell it. Yeah, we have really? two and a half gallon jugs. And uh, again, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. We'll, we'll take all, all but, your needs. But to, copper is the, copper, the yeah. go-to. Copper is the one. The liquid cop, yeah, so yeah. we use. I, I didn't know that, so I thought that was an interesting, I did useless not. fact I A lot of our smaller, um, well, the, the vineyards, the boutique wineries, they use that on their vineyards in the dormant period. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Kevin Grangetto, thank you very thank much you for very coming much in. Thank you very much for coming back in. I we kept really George's seat warm. So. <laughs> George should be back next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay Thanks dry and watch out for the runoff. By Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery.